That means we're about to go live. Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up. Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. Along with me on this live, uncensored edition of Section 336, the button lover, Josh Roca. I like that you say that as if we censor our normal episodes. Like this one, we are streaming uh, over to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, like the video. We haven't done that in probably over a year. I think yeah. this is the first one since I've moved to Florida. But we are always live. We are always uncensored. We don't Josh, do it in of the episode. Yeah, after the show, usually during the show, Josh goes on like this 30-minute curse-laden rant about something, and then in post-show, he edits it all out. Right. So now that he's going to keep that in for this one, our I live listeners will hear it. I think the fact that we made it through the no sports, no quarantine, like uh, what are we calling the corona? I, if I keep wanting to call it our coronavirus shows, but the coronavirus hasn't stopped. Right, that whole no sports lockdown shows the fact right. that we made it through that without having to edit anything. I think it tells us that we don't edit anything at all. Well, and I think, can I tell you, and this is serious, Josh, I think one of the things most shocking is yeah, coronavirus show or like sportless shows. Yeah, by, by, by the way, uh, we did a show with Charlie Hoppus at the beginning of this. Can, can we get Charlie back on? I mean, to talk to you about that. We, yeah, we, sh- we should. Uh, especially since when we had Charlie on, we thought it was like an interesting two weeks of our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I was going to say, if you look at our reviews, um, we didn't get we didn't get a single negative review for us talking about some non sports stuff because that's where shows get into trouble. Sometimes they talk about non sports stuff that other people deem as political, and then they go and not get in a review. And we, I mean, we we strayed from sports a good bit during we these did. sportless shows, but not a single negative review. Not to say there wasn't a guy who turned us off. You get, you can stick it if you did, but not a single ne- negative review for all those episodes. No, so, well, that, was, that was my favorite part was that, if anything, we got more lessons during it. Our people didn't go, we didn't scare people off yeah. when we went off topic. And we got more reviews, like good reviews came in. Um. So I, I, I love that, which reminds us, while, while you're talking about uh, reviews, and Dave is telling us that if you watch us live on Facebook, there's some subtitles, and somehow it's putting live subtitles as we talk, and apparently ah. it really enjoys if you uh, stutter through something. Well, I, this is going to be interesting because I stutter all the time, and Josh's name's pronunciations like this yeah. is going to be a fascinating to just you know read the... Uh, you know what's going to be fun is when we get to baseball player names. Yeah, I'm saying. See what yeah. the subtitle is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but the three three sixer of the week is Michael Puglizzi. Puglizzi. Huh? Speaking of names, I'm having trouble talking about. 
Michael Pugsley, who went on over to 336er.com, 336er.com, which links straight to our Patreon page, where we ask you to sponsor us for $3.36 a month. And we thank everyone who's there. And each week we pick one of them to be our Patreon of the week. So thank you, Michael Puglazi. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Hey, hey, I got a joke for you, Josh. What do you call someone who doesn't know how to pronounce baseball players' names? Um, uh, Scott Carcel. Yes, you, you you stole my punchline, <laughs> Scott Carcel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, so, Josh, really, all really, I have to say, you're in good company. Yeah, I can say Rio Ruiz. I believe that's the one he struggles with a lot. Yeah, and he also like Santander. He changes that up sometimes, yeah. and, and I and I do it too. I do it I, the, like just like the Kamala Harris thing. I do it the the Santander thing. Uh, I didn't know there was a Kamala Harris thing. I didn't know there's a mispronunciation of that. Yeah, a oh, lot of people Kamala. say Kamala or Ka- Kamila. You're right. Kamala, right. But Kamala. let's not into politics. We made it this far. No, I'm talking name pronunciations, Josh. It's not political. You know what? I have given up on Santander or Santander. Like, however I say it is how I'm going to say it. it. I don't even understand. I don't even know the proper pronunciation now because it's been changed so many times. Well, I, I, yeah, and it's never been changed by Santander for the record. I think it's been changed by how just people chose to pronounce it. <laughs> at some but, point, though, at, no, it's been changed twice by him. No, I, no it changed no, once and they still didn't get it right. So I had to remind them again. All right. No, I believe it's, it's more of he told them one way last year and another way this year. No, this is not a Zach Britton situation where where Zach Britton was like a 10-year vet and then it's had to come out. Hey, guys, you've been spelling my name wrong the whole time. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day because I am a, I'm a very shy person, so very reserved person, as you know. Mm. So I could see if my name was Miss spelled i wouldn't want to speak up and i would just write it out but how reserved do you have to be to just write out your name being wrong on your on your like everything your paychecks and everything for 10 years until you finally get the courage to tell someone yeah and, and it's not like a courage is because you got a new job you got transferred to a new office and there you said oh no that here's how you spell my name like you filled out the paperwork or something yeah, yeah, and it's not like it's just like a he like oh I go by Zachary or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like a whole different spelling. Right, we understand and, that because we've yeah. all got the Jimmy who suddenly grows up and wants to be James. Yeah, absolutely. We totally understand that. Oh yeah, or even even a Matt to go to Matthew or a Josh go to to, to Joshua. Yeah. Uh, but in fairness, like our last name is 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 Sroka. and you know sometimes people are like you know it's really offensive to mispronounce someone's name. And like I'm a teacher, so I have a lot of names, and sometimes it's challenging, challenging to pronounce. I think it's really important to get my students' names right. At the same time, though, uh, people butcher my name all the time. Yes, and it's okay. <laughs> like it's okay to have trouble pronouncing a certain name. So I, I don't kill like Scott so as much as other people do. Um, no, but, I, but 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 also it's not my. I mean, I'm not a professional announcer, so it's kind of less important. Right, and. That's my thing is for Scott Garceau, he's got a chance to practice and read those names over and over again and write out pronunciations. He's professional. He's getting paid. Right. He gets paid more than $3.36 a month right. in order That's to do cool. that. Yeah, um, if we got paid like that, Josh would stay at home all day and practice saying. Rio, but, but the other thing is Rio Ruiz is not a hard name. But, but it's what, just different. For, like, like, what would be your name, Josh? What would be the name that got you? Um, 
Well, no, I don't. I mean, any of them. Ingl- Inglacius. Inglacia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem is. Michael Givens? You always, <laughs> you always go with a little Mikel or something. Because it looks like it's spelled Mikel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I should just be like Buck and call him Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm horrible at names. So it's not like I can throw any stones at Scott Carcel. But have we even talked about the awkwardness? We've had to talk about the awkwardness that Scott Garceau sucks on the broadcast. That, that, that when you put Kevin Brown and ben, ben McDonald on that TV broadcast, it's a thousand times better. But at the same time, we all love Scott Garceau. So it's not like we're really going to complain about Scott Garceau. Yeah, yeah. And that's the deal, right? Like we listen to Scott Garceau a lot on the radio. Like he has a lot of roots in Baltimore going back to the right. Colts. Like – He's a Baltimore icon. Right. The best show to ever be on 105.7 is Scott and Jeremy. Yeah. I I think people are too quick to criticize on Twitter. And frankly, I think they're showing their age a little bit. But I think they're too quick to uh, to criticize Scott Garceau. Now, I'll I'll text you and I'll criticize it. Or I'll say something to someone else in person. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just not posting on Twitter uh, for Scott Garceau and everybody else to see. That right. he sucks. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing. Yeah. I'm not going to do it on the show either. I don't think Scott Garcia sucks. I'm not going to say on the show, right? Um, and I'm not going to do it on Twitter. I'll just say it in private. All right. If you run into me, I'll show the text that Matt sends me all all the time about Melanie. Hey, I'm not going to. You know, you will never hear me say a bad thing about Melanie because she used to work for Liberty, and then and us Liberty, oh. us Liberty mm-hmm. people, we stick together. And yep, so you'll yep. never hear me say a bad yep. word about Melanie. Yep. You'll never hear me uh, say a bad word about, about Derek Arnold either because he's a friend of the show. So, and I don't talk bad about friends of the shows either. <laughs> why, why is Derek Arnold even coming up? I oh, not Derek Arnold. Jeff Arnold. Jeff Arnold. Jeff Arnold. Yeah, Jeff, all right. yeah. Jeff Arnold makes sense in this conversation. Sorry. Derek, I'm, not, I'm not talking about Utah Street Report. Though I would never say a bad word about Derek Arnold either because I love Derek. But I'm talking here about the announcer, Jeff right. Arnold. So who would you say a bad thing about? Oh, um, Kevin Brown. I think he's a bit scrawny. Have we, we haven't had Kevin Brown on here yet, have we? No, don't want to. You know, oh, Josh. We were, we were supposed to at one point. Something came up, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know what I realized? I think, and, and this is like, I was thinking about the announcer stuff. And and we have a, like, we have a big show to get to. We have, a, I mean, the Orioles played really well against the Yankees. Really oh, pumped about that series. And Suddenly, I, I believe in this team again. Yeah, but but on the announcer thing, I've been thinking about like what is it about announcers that you like or dislike, and it has nothing to do with name pronunciation. No, it's painting a picture. I don't even think it's painting a picture. It I think it's radio. I don't think so. I think uh, it's straight personality. And you know how yeah, like sure that's why we love Ben McDonald. Because you, it's like they're talking to you for like three hours and they talk about the game, but they also talk about a lot of other stuff. Okay. And like you have to like the person and his personality, right? It's not just about calling the game. Anyone can tell you he had a fly ball to left field. It's this, it's this personality thing, which is a little bit harder because it's hard to have a personality that everybody likes. Yeah, but that's where I think it comes more into that paint in the picture where you don't say, oh, a fly ball to left field. You you describe it, and you you are much better than you or I would be painting a picture about a a moonshot, or yeah. or the speed that it comes off the bat, and stuff that it all comes down to being kids listening to baseball games and falling asleep to the radio, and that 
image in your head while you were listening to the radio. And that's will be for my entire life how I listen to radio broadcasts. If I go down, if I'm driving down the road, if you can completely get me to just go into a daze where your voice is just carrying me and I don't even realize, oh, I've already, I missed my exit or something, you're an amazing uh, announcer and you've, you've pulled me in. Yes. And John Miller was great at that growing up. Joe Angel was great at that. Yep. But, I, but I would argue like, like Joe Angel, I felt, and he's more recently, so it's fresh in my memory that, than John Miller, but I felt like, like, like Joe Angel, I felt like, like we were friends. Like I felt like if he, if he was like strong on the street, like I know that dude, not yeah. just as an announcer, like I know him, his personality, I know what he's like. Um, that's also the, the beauty of radio and podcasts as well, is that I'm sure our listeners feel like they know us even though we don't, we know some of them, but not a lot of them we don't know. Where I listen to podcasts and feel like I know those guys. And it's the same with the, when you listen to someone for that long, especially on the radio, like you, you become friends with them. It's why, you know, if you, when Scott and Jeremy were on the show, we'd listen all the time and you'd feel like, oh, you're friends with Jeremy. Whether yeah. or not he comes on the show, you're friends. But I don't feel like I'm friends with Melian Newman or Jeff Arnold or even Kevin Brown. Well, you are friends with Jeff Arnold, so that's a weird one to bring into the conversation. But uh, yes, there, there's a all right, there's something really annoying that Orioles radio broadcast is doing right now, which is that they're taking turns innings. So I'll have an inning with Kevin Brown that really draws me in. Where Kevin Brown is the comment is the play by play, and Melanie will be the commenter, and right. then they'll flip, and Melanie will be the play by play, and Kevin will be the commenter. And I'm not saying anything bad about either one or good about either one, but it takes it takes the rhythm of the game out, where suddenly you're like comparing back and forth, and it's a weird, really weird thing that they're doing in Orioles broadcast right now on the radio. Yeah, they're playing with it a lot. They're also, I mean, swapping the TV and radio personalities like back and forth a lot too, right? So it's yeah. not like Joe Angel on the radio. Like it's Ke- no. Ke- Ke- Kevin Brown and Melanie Newman will be in the radio and then next week they'll be on the, on, on the right. TV. And I don't like all the swapping. You know, we you knew that if you turned on the TV in previous years, you'd get Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer. And yeah. you knew how that would went. So it's important to, and you know, with the radio you had Joe Angel. It's, it's important mentally for me to be able to establish that stuff and i don't like all the all the flipping around well i I think also you can be more critical because you have someone to compare it to who was on the broadcast just yesterday right so it's like or the way the radio is going five minutes ago yeah before the commercial break yeah it's really it's really weird i don't like it and i it's fine it's this short season hopefully they get all this fixed for next season where they settle down and say, all right, we're going to commit to these guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're still rebuilding. They have till 2023 to get this announcer thing straight. Um, but no, I, I've complained on Twitter about the people talking about the announcer so much. And here with the resurging Orioles, we spent the opening 15 minutes of our show talking about the announcers. It doing is. What, I, what I hate. Especially, but you know what? It's really important this year because we cannot go in person. So the only way we can watch these games is with the announcers. So the announcers are even more valuable this year than they are in previous years. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's it's different. And I, I know you hate talking about it, but it it is. It's something that we all deal with now as fans. It's just like I don't know how you feel. I hate the fake crowd noise. I find it so distracting to hear crowd noise when I know that there's no crowd there. Drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, I, I yeah, I don't I don't like it either. Um, I, I think they should embrace the, the quietness, I guess. Yeah. And we talked before about why they do it. And I guess I get it. Um, but I'm with you. I, I do not like it. Right. And yeah, it, we can only assume that this entire season is tryouts for broadcasters. Sure. That I'm sure none of these guys have long-term contracts and it's all, and I guess, um, is it Gary Thorne, I guess, was in a contract dispute, and that's now worked out. So imagine he'll be back next year. Yeah. I'm, I thought he was going to come on for this year, too. I'm surprised we haven't seen him, actually. Yeah. They announced that he would be. Yeah. But I haven't seen him. So I don't they, know. They say he's going to do, and maybe we, I missed him. I don't know. But They're going to be like Jim Palmer. And Jim Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did enjoy the Orioles had Cal Ripken Jr. from home. Oh, it was great. And great. I, that was great. I like. I, I like Cal being a little retrospective. Yeah. I don't I, I mean, I like Cal doing anything. So Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's nostalgic, right? It's yeah. Uh, yeah, I love Cal Ripken. And yeah, I would I always love and he and he's he's one of the guys like like Jim Palmer, you hear him all the time, right? But Cal Ripken doesn't really talk that much. He doesn't really, you know, publicly speak all that much. No. And so when he does, it's like must watch TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he always he always likes to talk about his dad. So it was great to have him sharing yeah. about his dad, even though it was really his night and all about him. And uh, I think this is one of those things where, again, I regretted or was disappointed that fans were not in the stadiums because the 25-year anniversary of 2131 would have been a fun, cool event. Yeah, yeah, especially with the results of the game. like that. Yeah, that would have been a memorable night. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, it would have been like the statue unveiling. Yeah, like yeah. that. It was. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, I don't. I. I mean, I. I vaguely. My childhood memories are not strong, but, you know, twenty one thirty one. That that's one of those memories that stands strong in my mind. Right. Um. And yeah. and any Oriole fan, I guess, over the age of what thirty, or, or maybe maybe that's not fair. Maybe over the age of thirty five has a strong memory of that event, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, anyone, yeah, never never mind. I won't say anything because I tend to say enough to disparage the younger Oriole fans. Yeah, yeah, you hate young Oriole fans. You know, the guys who think that 2012 was like the st- first year the Orioles existed. Yeah. Those yeah. type of guys. So, yeah, I got more to say on them later. Just wait for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can move on. But yeah, so let's talk about the Orioles then. And how surprised were you with the Orioles this weekend taking three out of four from the Yankees? Uh, I was somewhat surprised. Now, I said, check the tape. I said about three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whenever we had that awful series against Boston and, and it was looking like we were a potential playoff team and then, you know, Boston kicked our butts and all of a sudden we're terrible again. I said, Josh... The thing that scares me about this team is I think we're going to get better. And so I think we're going to be good enough to like just miss the playoffs, but finish close to 500. Like, I think we're going to be good enough 
to just miss out in the playoffs. Um, and the reason I said we get better, and I thought we get better as the season goes on, because after trades and as we get closer to the season, we're going to start bringing up our prospects. And our prospects right. are better than our current players. And Ryan Mountcastle is better than anyone we had playing. Uh, yeah. uh, the same with Kramer and Aiken. And so That's what this weekend was about. This weekend yeah. was about the prospects. Yeah, and our team is getting better at the end, which is you want to see, right? You want to see yeah. prospects come up and do well. And so it doesn't shock me. It also doesn't shock me because it's as much as about what the Orioles are doing. It's it's just much about what the Yankees are not doing. I mean, their lineup is is a a shadow of of itself. I mean, that lineup was a joke. The only names you could you know in there. And that opening game was like uh, Sanchez, who's batting like 130 this year. Who, and by the way, in that game, I was just looking at it, in, in that game where um, Keegan Aiken outdueled Garrett Cole. I mean, Sanchez was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. And and, and Duhar is batting 160. Torres is batting 230. Like, they got a bunch of injuries. Uh, and so the Yankees are really falling. The Yankees are falling fast. And the Orioles yeah. had a, got, got a couple good starts, and so yeah, it, it was a cool, fun series to beat the Yanks. And even, and and it's a it's a series where it could have been a sweep, but Lackins or whatever Lakins Lackins blew it in the ninth, giving up two runs uh, on on that first game Friday. Yeah, the first of the doubleheader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I forgot, I forgot they can exist. If you're going to do those doubleheaders, it's always yeah. good to win the second one. I barely remember that first doubleheader game. Well, you the always first, remember the second first, one. Especially, it's funny to look back at the box score when I see, oh, it was in the ninth that he blew it. And then I'm like, wait, that game went to extra innings. Yeah. What's yeah. Going on here? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the eighth and the ninth were extra innings. Yeah. So much for just playing seven. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, what. I mean, what I guess the whole storyline of this weekend has been these prospects in rookie. Yeah. So, I mean, which one do you want to start with? Mountcastle, Stewart, Kramer. Where where do you want to or or Aiken? Where do you want to start? Yeah, it's it's those four names. I think each each of those guys are interesting. Let's start with the starting pitching. Ke- Ke- Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer. Yeah. Uh, both pretty impressive. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say but so quickly. They were both very impressive, full stop. This Again, is encouraging yeah. for the future, full stop. They have another month of baseball to play. They're going to be in the rotation. They'll be throwing every fifth day. All right. So hopefully we'll get a good idea of, of who is these your, guys are. Is your butt that the Yankees are bad? Well, my, my eight, butt eight, is, eight, and here's, eight, here's eight, where maybe. one with three hits. What, here's, what'd you say? Aiken went yeah. 5.1 in. And ah, I hate when you do that, Josh. It's five and a third. Oh, because I, I said point one. Sorry, yeah. five and a third. I know. It's like Mikel. No, I, five and a third. I just read it, and it's and it's typed out as 5.1. Yeah, I, I know that's why you do it. I know. And, um, uh, yeah, and Kramer went six, even. Yeah, they, they were both great. Um, yeah. Um, I was impressed. I was more impressed with Dean Kramer, honestly. He's got that fastball. I like a good fastball. He had fastball yeah. hitting 95 and 96. Keegan Ke- 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 Aiken had a really nice changeup. He was, you know, throwing in the low 90s, um, but had a nice changeup. And and both of them, I mean, were spotting balls well. 
Um, Dean Kramer, especially like his fastball location was excellent. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they, they both pitched well. Yeah. And they, I mean, how much it's also like the defense is finally kind of there for the Orioles. So that was there to support them as well. Um, but yeah. it, it's, it's bring it again points to this future 2023 that we point to constantly on this show because these guys are your rotation. Like next year, we now get to start 2021 with Kramer and Aiken in our rotation, I would assume. There's no reason to move them out, right? Right. But I still don't I, I don't I don't think they're part of the future. So like like for example, I saw someone say they're part of the future. What's that? You don't think either of these guys are part of the future. I, I don't know. I, okay. I don't think they're locked. Like like I saw someone tweet out, uh, and, I, and I, I retweeted saying, uh, "John Means, Keegan Aiken, Dean Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall can't wait for that rotation." Right. What's and your I, biggest question mark in that list? Well, Ke- Keegan Aiken is for me. I, John Means is for me. Okay. He looks like a shell of himself from last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think John I Means question mark. Guy. I think Keegan Aiken's a question mark. I think Dean Kramer is a question mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait for it. I think Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall are question marks. I, I, I tweeted right. back. I said, in 2010, I was pumped for a rotation of Mattis, Arietta, Bergeson, Britton, Tillman. That that was the, cav- the cavalry yes. we were talking about in 2010. Right. This is the cavalry 2.0. Yeah. And, 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 and so you're showing your age there if you just think this is going to be, you know, the greatest rotation in the world. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and, and by the way, you don't even have to think back to 2010. Um, Dylan Bundy, he was supposed to be an right. ace. Kevin he was Norman. supposed to be our freaking Steven Strasburg, but not getting hurt all the time. Oh, forget even about the farm system. Just think about Orioles pitching. We bought a Jimenez, Alex Cobb. Yeah, but I'm saying, but yeah, from Kevin Gossman, Gossman, guys, who, when they were in minors, we said just wait till they get here. Yeah. They're going to be the number one, number two guys. We were saying it for years. And so now all of a sudden, Dean uh, Kramer, Keegan Aiken have one good start and we're projecting uh, a, a World Series rotation, including Aiken and Kramer. What? Even, 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 um, I, it would not surprise me if DL Hall and Grace Rodriguez turn out to be average or just below average major league pitchers. It doesn't surprise me because freaking I've seen Kevin Gossman, right? I, yeah. I've lived this. And so I'd be more surprised if they actually two do t- t- turn to be uh, number one and number two, two starters. Um, so I'm not going to get overly excited. I've seen a lot of Oriole pitchers come up and have a good first game. Um, Hess. I, I Yeah, I was at Dave, David Hess is a good example. I was at, I remember attending uh, Steve Johnson's first start. Yeah, like, he had a really good start. Like these young players come up and have good starts. Sure. The question is, like, are they good enough to maintain it? Keegan Aiken? No, no. I if I was the betting man, would, do I think Keegan Aiken will still be in the rotation in 2022? No, I don't think he is. Will, will, will he be in the bullpen? Like that? I think so. Or will he go to the National League and win Cy Young? Yeah. So like, I'm not. I don't want to like poo-poo two good starts because I'd rather Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken pitch well. I also don't think it means though that we, we, we found our starting pitchers. I, I don't think it means that at all. This is still a tryout for them. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all of 2020. It's a tryout for everyone. Yeah. 
but, but we have to kind of as fans be hopeful for these guys we talked about it before you have a whole crew a group there add Ke- kevin smith to it who we just got in the trade from miguel castro yep. who just gave up a home run in the ninth inning i saw yesterday or today um but but you add kevin smith to a crew that includes dean kramer zach lothar keegan aiken michael bauman like we have a handful of these guys and not all of them are going to work out and not all of them need to work out. One or two of them need, need to work out. And there's a chance that Keegan Aiken, whose stuff does not impress me that much. Keegan Aiken's stuff does not impress me. Now that that does his appearance, he looks a little bit short and stout for my liking, to be honest with Keegan Aiken, a little bit chubby, a little bit short. Right. That's not how I like my starter pitchers. Um, but, but I don't know. We've had, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not sold on either of them, but, I'm glad they pitched well. Okay. We've had chubby pitchers pitch well in Baltimore before. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, Sydney Pontone. Yeah, I know. And that's where we're going. Uh, um, I think Bud Norris was pretty chubby. Yeah. Tommy Hunter. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he wasn't a starting guy. And then uh, who's the guy who's now on the Nats that everyone makes fun of? Or he's not on the Nats anymore, uh, but he was Matt really Albert. good. Yeah. Matt Alberts. Exactly. So you can be a chubby pitcher. It's all where your weight is. Like CC Sabathia. Remember, once he lost weight, he sucked. Yeah, but but it's it's important in that this is going to be about the next three years are going to be about the starting pitching. Yeah. Because even if, like this year, we have like a top, you know, 10 to 15 offense this year. Next year, when you get Trey, Trey Mancini back, Ham alone, I think you can say you're a top ten offense, and that doesn't include, um, you know, our, our, our um, Andy Rutschman. It doesn't include Herstat, Kerstat. I'm sorry, it doesn't include them. And when they get here, like our offense is going to be good. Like we still have question right. marks in the middle infield, but our our offense will be good. The question okay. is going to be, do we have enough starting pitching? And to get us there. Do you think we have? starting pitching there like do you think there's actual an ace that's going to come out of here or is it a bunch of threes fours guys in here right right and and that's and that's what we don't know and that's what we have to find out and that's going to determine how successful we are and i guess the other advantage is that as we go younger 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 our um salaries are all going to be really low so you can always bring guys in to fill those needs you can bring one or two really good players in. You can't bring in four or five. You can't bring in a whole rotation. No, no, no. You need, and that's what I'm saying. You need threes, fours, and fives to come out of this. And then maybe you go sign some guys who are your number ones and number twos. If you don't bring, do you buy into the concept that we are the number eight farm system in baseball right now? Yeah, that's crazy. I, because just a couple of years ago, we were near the bottom. We've never been single digit in our lifetime. I don't think. Yeah, it's crazy to me, but and it's a. I think it's a combination of players playing a lot better under this new program, and we can talk about Bowie here in a second, and getting top draft picks and being consistent with the trades. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I prefer to look at it on how many kind of top guys do we have? Because I feel like top guys are guys going to turn into good major leaguers. Like I don't want a bunch of guys in the, in the two fifty range, even though that might make you a defense, decent farm system. I want guys in the top 100. Um, No. And I think that comes into your rating at the farm system. 
our yeah. farm system increased because we made some trades last week or the week before that brought guys into that top 25. Right, but we didn't trade for anyone who's a top 100 prospect. Mm, wasn't there one, maybe? No, no. No? Okay. No, there wasn't. I mean, they were top 30 for us. Right. Not not, top 100 prospect. And so we've got our same four guys as top 100. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I'm surprised at how quickly, because it's hard, because the only way you can do it is through trades and draft. And everyone right. else drafts too. So it's well, kind of pretty hard, I feel like, to move up those rankings so quickly. Well, for doing it. But you can do it beyond trades and drafts. It's also on how you're using and training and developing yeah. those yeah, guys. It, yeah. And that's where you can go with we've been horrible forever at developing pitchers. And maybe we are doing something different in that farm system right now in the way we develop. And something's going on at Bowie, and I wish we could all see what's going on in Bowie because somehow DJ Stewart came back as a guy who's just crushing the ball. And, and I mean, he's an all-or-nothing guy right now. It's either a home run or a walk or, or a strikeout. I guess he doesn't even have that many strikeouts. It's just home run, walk, or out. But something, it seems like they're working out in Bowie. Yeah, I just want to make, and we can talk about Bowie, but just one more point about starting pitching. Yeah. The last time the Orioles had an ERA under four and a half, and if you have an ERA four and a half, it would put you like number 20 in baseball, right? Okay. The last time we had an ERA under four and a half was in 2014. Um, okay. You know, the wow. year we won the freaking AL East. Um, and we had a year there at 3.61, which still wasn't, you know, it was like number 18 or something in baseball um, and won the division. This year we have an ERA of 4.94, which is much improved over last year. This is just starting pitching the ERA. And yeah. so, I mean, our, I think our success is directly tied to getting our ERA kind of under that 4.5 number. I think if we can do that, I think you'll see us make a run at 500 next year if we can do that. So, Again, it doesn't matter how good your offense is. You need five good starters. And so but, the emergence of Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken, like if they can be good pitchers, it changes everything. Yeah. But I'm not convinced after one start. And it's pretty amazing that our ERA is that is low like that when we've had like seven or eight different guys start games this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows it shows improvement, and with John Means being horrendous, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Our John Means picture. is not what we expected at all. He's he doesn't even really deserve a spot in the rotation right now, except for last season. And you're trying to build on that. Like if he didn't have that track record, they probably want they probably would, and this was a normal year. They'd probably send him down to double or triple A for a few weeks to work his way back. Yeah. And I mean, we can talk all day about Adley Rushman be, being a superstar and needing to hit on these top prospects at Kerstat. But at the end of the day, this team getting back to winning, the most important players that are happening, like John Meats, he is, I think, right now the most important player in terms of what it means for the Orioles in their future. If John Means can do what he did last year. And, and, and not this year. If, if last year was real, John means that's huge. And these other starters, like this is the rebuild 
completely depends on these young starting pitchers. I, I can I can buy into that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, does it bug you that we can't see what's going on in Bowie? Like that we this is Adley Rushman's second year in our system, and we don't get to see like is he hitting the ball? Is he doing well? Any of this? It, that, it bugs it bugs me zero because I'm I have a hundred percent confidence that they're doing great things with them and the evidence we're freaking seeing the evidence right in front of us every day right with what dj stewart dj stewart ryan mountcastle dean kramer freaking dean kramer keegan aiken uh even cedric mullins cedric mullins terrible goes down there for a couple weeks all of a sudden he he, he can play again like I, i think they've done a phenomenal job at Bowie. um uh i heard you know matt blood talking about it that kind of mixing the technology with playing every day. So and maybe I think they're doing a great job down there. Maybe we should, maybe we should um, switch our, our, our feeling about this and maybe we should join major league baseball in trying to get rid of minor league ball. And because the Orioles seem to develop without minor league ball better. Yeah. Like I, I, I do think that, you know, these, this is a weird season, but these kind of unusual circumstances also like, I think different teams kind of take advantage of the circumstances better yeah. than other teams. Like some teams are going to fall behind in their player development. I don't think the Orioles are falling behind in the player development, at least not for the the 60, right? Like, like there's right. might be, I don't know, maybe in other players who aren't involved at Bowie, maybe they're falling behind. But I really don't look at this as a lost season for Adley Rushman because I seriously think that they're, that practice matters and there's working on stuff. And, and the evidence is in guys like Ron Mancastle who – and, and maybe, I don't know, like maybe you look at Ryan Mountcastle and say that they, they should have caught him up three weeks ago. But I see a guy who's playing great outfield and a guy who's walking. And, and, and what did they say? The two things that they want to work on with Matt Bowie. The uh, outfield defense. And outfield. Yeah. And he's doing yeah. those things exceptionally well. And so for me, I'm like, dude, whatever they're doing at Bowie, keep doing it. How, how has Cedric Mullins plate discipline been since he came back? I, see, I don't know. I, I know, have, weird to me. I, I don't know. I don't know either. But when I think of Ryan Mountcastle and DJ Stewart, that's something they're both doing excellent at this year. So it makes me wonder if they're really focused on that in Bowie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And with that in mind, you could send some other guys currently in the Orioles down there. But but well, the Cedric Mullins thing, he'll have a month where he'll look like one of the best outfitters in baseball, defensively and offensively. And then I have another month where he looks completely lost. So I am not – I don't know how to feel about Cedric Mullins. Um, I'd certainly he's, rather watch him play than Velasquez or, or Mason Williams, but but right. I don't know how I feel about him. Like, jury's still out. I, I don't know if to get too attached to Cedric Mullins because when he plays well with the bunting and the defense and the speed, he is a lot of fun to watch when he's playing well. Right. But we, yeah, I think it's because – of the way the Orioles handled the transition and the way us Oriole fans and Birdland handled the transition of Adam Jones handing in center field off to Cedric Mullins. We all accepted that Cedric Mullins is the center fielder for the next 10 years. And not me, but, and we talked about this on the podcast, right? He was never one of our top prospects. I know. Never. But that's the way we treated him. And he came out and what did he do? He played excellent at the end of that season. Yeah. Then he came out the next season and played horribly. So I think the jury's way out on Cedric Mullins. I don't even know if I see him. I get excited about Santander in our outfield. I get excited about Mountcastle 
and Mancini sharing uh, left field and first base together. I am starting to get excited about DJ Stewart in right field. So I don't know if I see. <laughs> I know DJ Stewart, Stewart in one good series. Weekend. Had that a single hit before that series, but okay. But a lot of a lot of on base before that before those, and I know he still only has home runs. No, no doubles. No, no even singles. Yeah, he has so, one single. I think. Does he have a single now? Yeah, he's he three home yesterday. Runs. Yeah. All right, but I. DJ Stewart's a weird one because preseason we said D, this is DJ Stewart's year, and he came out and he sucked, and we said, all right, he blew his opportunity. This weekend, he seems like he's earning that back. And he and with Santander now hurt, they're going to give him the rest of the season. So he's got another like three weeks to prove himself. I think we got 20 games left. So, but I don't, I see Santander, I see Mountcastle, I see Mancini in this outfield in the future. But you're right. Stewart still has time, stuff to prove. Mullins has stuff to prove. Um, well, that's interesting, right? Because we're talking about Mullins and Stewart. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Mullins struggled. Hayes got hurt. Mullins got another chance, and now he's playing really well. Right. Stewart struggled. Santander got hurt. Now, all of a sudden, Stewart has another chance yeah. and he's playing really well. But that brings up – I'm in this conversation, we haven't, haven't even brought up uh, glove man Hayes in there, who's clearly a better center fielder than Cedric Mullins. And I, the guy who we'd Maybe. probably want there. Josh, what's the most important ability you can have as a baseball player? That's availability. Right. And right exactly. now, Austin Hayes has not shown he can be available for an entire right. season. Sure. But it makes me think also we have even more outfielders down in Bowie, down in the farm system. We, coming up. Do you think we'll see Diaz? This season? Well, just one quick note about Stewart. The I, I couldn't I was watching the broadcast and I couldn't believe like I took a picture of it with my phone because I couldn't believe it. He's played, you know, in like a handful of games, like 12 games. Not a single hit, but an OBP of 370. Like right. I took a picture of it I didn't play in so many games, not have a single hit. But have an on base percentage of 370. Now with those, you know, three dongs, he's got an on on base percentage over 400. I think he leads the team in OPS at this point. Um, so it's been a kind of remarkable year with DJ Stewart. And I'm a big DJ Stewart fan, and so I'm really rooting hard for him. But you're right, the outfield, the outfield's crowded, and I don't think using Diaz because the outfield's crowded. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna be caught up this year, but it's possible. I mean. If you if you want to send Mason Williams down, because um, Mason Williams has, has struggled and and bring Diaz up, but if he hasn't been caught up at this point, if he didn't get to call up when Santander got hurt, I don't think we're going to see Diaz this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I was just pulling up to see like what other outfielders are in our farm system, and we have a bunch of outfielders in our top thirty, top one hundred. Yeah, uh, McKenna's in there too. Hayskins, Stowers, McKenna. McKenna yeah. is projected to make his appearance this this year. Well, he was interesting, right? Because he's one of the guys that was on the bubble to be on the 40-man. And they did put him on the 40-man. So he's currently on the 40-man. Yeah, it's interesting. What happened to Ryan Bannon? He was also projected for 2020. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's at Bowie. Um, right. I, I mean, I think he would have been, I don't know, Bowie or Norfolk did this past year. Um, more middle infielder. Or, yeah, or, he's a second baseman. Yeah. You got to Santander. Yeah, he screams utility player. So, it, I mean, it is interesting that I think he's more likely to be caught up at some point than Diaz is. Gotcha. Hey, Josh. Um, yeah. You know, I saw someone in the uh, the, the Rock. Uh, I mean, not the Rock. The Rock. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the football, football thing he just bought. Oh, uh, no. The, the, his whole family got COVID. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to talk about Rock Kubako. Um, okay. His, his, the other Rock. Yeah. His mailbag segment today, um, like someone asked about Adley Rushman, and he uh, said, yeah. again, no. And I would say, of course, no for Adley Rushman. But again, the only reason I'm even bringing up the question is because your boy, Mike Elias, said if we were in the playoff hunt, we could see Adley Rushman. Josh, could we see Adley Rushman? Remember, three weeks later, he doubled down. Doubled down. He he had a chance to get out of it when we were playing well, and he doubled down. Um, I don't think so. It doesn't make sense to me. But it also doesn't make sense to me that we are technically in a playoff hunt. We are two or three games out of the last playoff slot with 20 games left. So that counts as a playoff hunt. Yes. Um, and we also have three catchers on our rotation. So I don't think we're going to add a fourth. But maybe, I guess, according to Mike Elias, you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I would say there's zero chance, but Mike Elias said it, not me. Yeah, and he said it twice. It's weird. Yeah. the I was thinking about, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what's the best outcome of the season. And I've talked about the worst outcome is that we're sitting just, you know, we're good enough to, like, finish close to 500, but we're not good enough to make the playoffs, so we get a bad draft pick. So you're saying the season ends today. Yeah, like the the season today would be the worst result. Or last week, same conversation you had last week. Last week and two weeks ago, I feel like we've been in this place all season. Yeah. But – the best case scenario. Here is the absolute best case scenario. All right. Um, last week of the season, we somehow are able to hop over the Yankees. Right. And we get the last playoff spot and prevent the Yankees from going okay. to, to the playoffs. Yeah. That's now my dream scenario. That's your dream scenario is knock out the Yankees? I don't even care what we do in the playoffs if we take the last playoff spot from the New York Yankees. I, Yeah, no, I mean – it's always fun. And yeah, to, to keep the Yankees out of the playoffs would be special. Um, is that I, can, I cannot see, even if we get into the playoffs, the question is, does adding Adley Rushman at this point make your team better? Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And we don't Defensively, know. He's an upgrade. But it's hard to imagine he's an upgrade offensively from what Pedro Severino right. and Cisco have been doing this year. Right. He's probably an upgrade from Cisco defensively. Oh, and from Severino defensively. Okay, all right, fine. So we'll give a slight no upgrade defensively. No doubt, yes. But has Severino or Cisco hurt the team defensively this year? I uh, yes. think so. Yes, but I don't know if oh. enough to make up. Okay. I think they made it up with their offense. So gotcha. all in all, would – yeah, would would all given defense and offense would Rutschman be an upgrade? I think is a is a good question, and that's something that we will we can never answer because we can't see that buoy. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. I mean the highest he played was 
lowest single A. Well, he was projected to play high single A this and year. And I would, except I would say the highest he played was college ball. That that is ahead of single A. I thought that college ball is supposed to be more equal to double A. I mean, what, what does Showalter always say? Like the biggest jump is triple A to to the majors. No, double A to the majors. Or double A to the majors, and now yeah. you're I go from low single A to the majors, and well, and that that's where you're 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 taking out college, and okay. I think college is a big jump. And college, um, like Ben McDonald, Ben McDonald went straight from college to the big leagues. I don't yeah, think he spent any time in the minors in nineteen. 19- Whatever, eighty nine or something. Yeah, but it's still it's a long yeah. time ago. It's different. Yeah. I know, but I know baseball was different then. I get that. Mm. But yeah, I don't see. I don't see the benefit of bringing as, as much as I want to see Adley Rushman. I don't. It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Now, the best part about bringing Adley Rushman up this year would be that it means that we get Adley Rushman all of next year. Yes, and it would be that. It would be you bring Adley Rushman up this year for that playoff run, run because somehow you think that 2023 timeline, we're bumping up because we're going to take this year's crew and push him hard next year. Yeah, it would, it would be a lot of fun to see an opening day lineup next year that include Mountcastle and Rushman and hopefully Mancini. Like, that would be yeah. fun. That would be crazy. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully some decent pitching. Yeah, and a healthy Hayes and Santander. Like, yeah, like again, right. our offense is going to be fine. Yeah, uh, our offense is going to be fine. It's going to be, it's going to be the pitching. Hey, oh, and just one other note about these young hitters. We yeah. haven't touched on it. Just real quick, how good is Ryan Mountcastle? That guy's an absolute stud. He's got. He's fun to watch. He is really fun to watch. When he hits the ball, it's like a line drive every time. Those balls that he was crushing, those home runs were just awesome shots. Yeah, and he gets and and some of them like the. I mean, the, the big hit against Garrett Cole, I think it was 0-2 count, 98-mile-per-hour fastball, right. up near his eye level, and he just lined it back uh, over second base for a hit. Um, he just he, – he's, he's, he's like Alberto in that he can get to balls that you think maybe he shouldn't be swinging at, but he can hit them hard, except he hits the ball a lot harder than Hans Alberto. I know. Uh, so he's – and he has a little bit more play discipline than Hans Alberto, which is yeah. not saying a whole lot. But, yeah, I, and also, like, he's playing good outfield – and he had an infield single the other day, which was like, and it was not like a little, like it was just a routine oh, ball hit. I, I forget yeah. shortstop or third base, but he beat the it out. Yeah, I was like, that dude's fast too. So that's no one's ever talked about his base running, but he seems to also be in a much improved base runner. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about Ryan Mancastle. I think he's going to be a, a, a special player for a long right. time for the Warriors. Do we need? to say goodbye to Chris Davis in order to keep Mount, have room for Mount Castle and Mancini in this lineup every single day. Yeah, I was looking at it. I was trying to think who played first base the other day for us. I mean, it was Vileko Holiday, Monday. Holiday, maybe? Holiday? Yeah, maybe Holiday. And the other guy they just caught Nunez. up. The guy they just caught up. Um, I'm blanking his name. Um, anyway. Uh, Vileko played it on Sunday. Yeah, who played it? I think the first game of the of the double header. Who played it? It was some guy they just caught up. Um, that's gonna annoy me now. But anyway, the the point is they played a lot of random dudes at first base. Nunez was the first game, so I'll look up the second game. I'll find it for you. The second game was Herrera. 
Yes, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, Herrera. That's the second one. Um, who they just caught up. So um, you're playing Vallejo, you're playing Herrera, you're playing Nunez, with um, which which tells me they're not putting Ryan Mountcastle at first, no matter what. Oh no, I, I disagree. Herrera is not a first baseman. Vallejo is not a first right. baseman. They're right. saying Ryan Mountcastle, you are no longer first baseman. No, no first base for you. No, they're saying that you play a better outfield than these random guys. They're saying you're the better overall athlete. If we had Santander here, I'd put you over on first base. If I had Hayes here, I'd put you over on first base. If I had Mullen that I could shift here, I'd put you at first base. It's saying you're the better athlete. I'm keeping you in the outfield. I disagree. I think they're saying we want you to be our left fielder in the future so we're not messing around with you and moving you to first base. Even though we could probably find a better left fielder than, than you on our team, you're, you're the left fielder, and we'll throw some yahoos over that first base. So who's the first baseman next year? Mancini? I hope Mancini, yeah. Or back to Davis. Um, I mean, Davis is, Davis is going to get the buoy treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I, that shocks me. If that's you, true and initial reports are that he's going to buoy, I'm absolutely shocked by it because that implies that he's going to go to practice and and listen to other people. Practice? Yeah, yeah. That's – I. Chris Davis is not the kind of guy to go to practice and listen to coaches. No, so, remember when he refused to go down to the minors? Yes, and remember when he refused to take the advice of coaches just last offseason? So, I, I, I mean, the greatest thing for Chris Davis' career would have go to Bowie and listen to somebody, but I, I don't believe it. I, I, um, I just searched Chris Davis, Bowie, and I got excited because the top two tweets that came up were – Rock Kubako saying Chris Davis just left for Bowie yeah. and Rich DeBroff saying Chris Davis to play at Bowie on Saturday. Then I saw that those were both from 2014. Really? Oh, did someone get me with that? I don't know. I'm trying to look. Because I tweeted, I retweeted it and someone might, might have gotten no, me. No, all right. Davis is working out at Bowie was also tweeted by Rock six hours ago. Oh, shoot. I was, you're about to make me look like a fool. Okay. So, yes, apparently he is going to go there and work out. Because right. uh, he was put on the 10-day IL way over 10 days ago on the 21st. Yeah, yeah. He had just had a boo-boo or something. Yeah. 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 We we all saw the boo-boo. It was uh, at the plate. Yeah, it's been a, he's been boo-booing for the past three years. Right. Hey, I have a new favorite Oriole. Okay. Herrera? No. He's a pitcher. Pitcher, pitcher. Better not be saucer because he's my least favorite Oriole right now. No. This guy, I like him for a lot of reasons. One reason I like him is that he's about our he's about my age. I think we're a year apart. Okay. So he's 35. I like I saw like people said he hadn't pitched since two to two 2017. I was like, good for him for making it back. And then yeah. I looked up his stats. Oh boy, hasn't pitched since 2017. But before that, his the last time he pitched was 2010. So he pitched in 2010. In the majors. He's been in the minors. Yeah, yeah, in the majors. And yeah. he also pitched, I think, in the Dominican League or something. Well, he's on the Hunter Harvey schedule. Yeah, but, but or, now or Dylan Bundy schedule. He's he's 35 now. Um, and yeah, he's pitched in 2010. He pitched for Arizona, he pitched 2017, and now he's pitched in 2020. In total, his old major league career only pitched in 58, 58 innings. Um and he's my new favorite pitcher because okay. 
Who is he? Which Cesar guy? Valdez. All right, I think I missed Valdez pitching. Okay, well, so far he's pitching seven innings and hasn't given up a run yet. Okay, but Josh, you got to watch this dude pitch because he he'll be your favorite pitcher too. Because my favorite pitcher pitches for the Blue Jays. Yeah, you might like this guy more. Okay. Why? He doesn't throw a knuckleball, but this guy throws eighty percent changeups okay. at like seventy-five miles per hour, and he does a different arm slot all the time. Like he'll go from up top, he'll go from the side, he'll do a quick pick. Like he does like all that. this nonsensical stuff. Like I feel like it's like you playing softball. It is. That's what he's doing at the mound. I I play mental games with myself pitching in softball, where I change my my rotation or whatever on like every other pitch because I feel like I'm mentally like messing with the batter when really it's softball. So they just crush it no matter where it goes. Yeah, but but Valdez they they don't crush it on him. And I feel like I'm watching like rookie of the year. After his arms goes back to normal, and he's right. just throwing, like just tossing up there, barely getting over the plate. Yeah, it's and like when, they, it's they like the position his... player that comes in. Yeah, but like he's thrown seven in, he's thrown seven innings and hasn't given up a single run. And so Cesar Valdez is my new favorite pitcher, and he's thirty-five, and he hasn't pitched in two thousand seventeen, and before that since two thousand ten in the majors. It's insane. I, um, I like his commitment. Yeah, so it's a great story, and so far his stuff has been kind of silly and and nasty. I mean, he has nine strikeouts and seven and a third innings, or as like Josh likes to say, 7.1 innings. 7.1, yeah. He has nine strikeouts, only giving up four hits. Uh, and up there just throwing junk. And he, oh, yeah, he was a person. This is why, this is how he got on my radar. You know, the 19-game losing streak to the Yankees was ended, and Cesar Valdez got the save in that game. All right. How about that? Uh, that all for it. My uh, my favorite pitcher for the Blue Jays is the guy that squats and like basically puts his butt on the mound before oh, yeah. every pitch. Yeah. I like that. I don't look. understand why people don't steal on him because I would run as soon as he squats. But uh, I like him. He's <laughs> it's a weird rotation, and I'm all for weird rotations. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. So you'll like Cesar Valdez too. He does. Right. Like I'm gonna. I'm going to keep an eye on him tomorrow. It's really weird for the Orioles not to play on Labor Day. I will say that. Um, but I'm excited because the Orioles have done what we requested. What we request for the Orioles every year is keep me entertained until football season. Yeah. And they did that. Football season starts Thursdays. Ravens play on Sunday. And How are you feeling about football season? You think this uh, – now, baseball, you can do the COVID and the baseball – Everyone's separated. It's easy to do separate things. Even in practice, you can stay separate for the most part. Football, and even with that, even with staying separate, there's been you know some cases of COVID in baseball. Yeah. Football, there's more players. There's more coaches. There's a lot more contact. There's a lot more interaction between within the team and with other teams. Josh, how is there not going to be multiple COVID outbreaks? And how optimistic are you that there's going to be an NFL season? Um somehow we got through all this training camp without a whole lot of blow up. So I'm feeling confident. I feel like baseball did a great job kind of leading the path of how to do this. And we well, not us personally, but other people did a whole lot of complaining and telling baseball after three days, we got to shut the whole thing down. And here we are after 40 games. Yeah. And and, and, doing okay. And, and by the way, there was a lot of people saying shut down the season. A lot yeah. of people. Yeah, now, 
you and I came on here every week and said, guys, this is part of the whole plan. Like, this right. is why we do the freaking 60 player thing. This yeah. is why we have Bowie. Like, this is part of the plan. They're not shutting down the season. They want to give up that easily. But there was a lot of people who didn't agree with us, Josh. A lot of people went overreaction saying, shut it down, shut it down. And those shut it down people. Baseball season's been all right. Those shut it down people. I don't know how they seem to think that like you had to have zero cases to be perfect. Um, and I always said baseball must proceed in order for us to have any shot at the NFL. And I think the NFL you agree that baseball is easier to do yes. safely than football. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. All right. All the aspects of baseball. Yes. The downtime of baseball and the baseball players going to casinos and strip clubs and uh, nights out on the town. I don't know if baseball – I feel like football players will be more under control than baseball players were for those first three weeks. Yeah. Um, because I feel like football players are more about staying in shape, focused on football during football season than yeah, baseball think, players are. And I think some good to come out of the – early cases in baseball is players realized, Oh crap. I don't, I don't want to be responsible for my yeah. whole team having to miss a week of baseball. Right. And I, th- I do, if there's any concern, it would be the fact that there's more football players that fall under uh, higher risk groups than baseball players. You're talking about fat players. Yeah. Well, fat players, and African-American players. Both of those are higher risks than skinny, white, and Dominican kids. Okay. On baseball. Not to make it about race, but just kind of facts. Statistically, sure. Statistically. So I am worried that more in football, you might have someone where baseball, you've got guys who have gotten COVID, but no real symptoms. Where football, we may deal with guy who's got it pretty bad right and, and that was That's another a big concern yes that is a big concern and we and there was some concern with freeman because he he had a temperature um and um the pitcher for the yankees severino i think too um but but there wasn't a, a during the season a high profile case of someone getting really sick right? right there was a lot of covid cases but no one getting really sick and you're right if someone gets really sick that could change everything Right. And that's the problem. And that's the big concern that I have. And it's not even a big concern because I still see people hate to talk about it, but sports is a business and the NFL is about money. And I know there's humans out there playing, but there's always risk factors and no one talks about it. Especially and with the NFL. The, yeah. the NFL is so much money involved that they're going to find a way to make it work. Well, and, I- yeah. And, and, and the thing is, as, as just as a Baltimore sports fan, Josh, if the Orioles didn't play this year, it would have sucked because I love baseball. But on the other hand, like, I didn't think the Orioles would do anything this year anyway. But the Ravens is a different case, right? Like, right. I don't know about you, but I'm very optimistic about the Ravens uh, this year. And I, 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 I think we should fast forward to the AFC Championship game. And let's just play the Chiefs and Ravens right now for the AFC Championship game, because um, that's all I'm interested at this point. Because I, because I'm that confident in this Ravens team, so I really want this COVID thing to chill out. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, I just blocked someone on Facebook. Not sure who's commenting in there about, uh, do you like guns and my albums are fire? So I'm assuming he's not really want to talk about the Ravens or the Orioles. So I just blocked him for a moment. Is this in our video uh, chat? <laughs> yeah, in the video chat. Hmm. Look so, at you multitasking, having conversations yeah. about sports and blocking people. Oh, I think Charlie Burr agrees with me because he said, I'm here to listen to Soroka, not your hot breath. So I'm guessing where the word would be Soroka, not one of us is hot okay, I think maybe you should check out the album before you judge, but all right, Right, fine. right. I don't know. So I blocked uh, Mr. Uh, Blackgroves. Sorry if you're a listener. But yeah, I don't, I have huge expectations for the Ravens and I'm very surprised. I was reading today that there's big expectations on the Steelers. I didn't realize that. Well, big guy coming back, yeah. Big Ben's coming back and their defense is supposed to be really good. So that's going to be back to some like good AFC North football. Yeah, and, As, totally we, and we can beat up Cincinnati and Cleveland on the other weeks. All right, right. We yeah. get the Browns week one, so that's a nice win. Yeah. So yeah, it's exciting, and uh, yeah, the 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 Ravens. It's very weird to be a Ravens fan right now because we have never been the favorite. Even in Super Bowl years, it's always us against the world. With Lamar Jackson this year, he's on the cover of Madden. He was the MVP last year. Many, 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 many people outside of the city of Baltimore have the Ravens projected to win the Super Bowl. We've yeah. never been in that case before. That and, and also, to add to that, we, we become a really likable team. Like a lot of people like Lamar Jackson uh, yeah. and they like trust. the Ravens because of Lamar Jackson because he's the most excited player in the NFL. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we're I'm not, I'm not saying we're America's team. But we're we're a lot well more well liked than we ever have been. And you're right. Like we're America's team. Forget the Cowboys, forget the Patriots. We're America's team. Yeah. Forget, yeah. Um, I'm just saying we're really well liked. Just get, get, give Lamar a couple of years and see if we're not America's team. Let's go. Not to mention J.K. Dobbins, who might be the most exciting rookie. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I've never seen the dude play. I, I right. didn't get to see him in the preseason games. But maybe you did, Josh. Oh yeah, I saw them all. Every preseason game I watched with him in it. Yeah. All right. Ready to get out of here? Yeah. We covered a lot of stuff this week. We did. Even got in some football talk. Mm. The show notes really like This was a sprint. And at the bottom of my screen, it says, uh, you're in the show. Everyone can see and hear you. That's what it says at the bottom. Everyone can see and hear you. That's a pressure. Oh. Did you say that's on the screen? Uh, no. But at the bottom of my screen, I got controls like where I can do this. Hmm. And make it all you. Well, I got a blue box that says everyone can see and hear you. No, I got these buttons to do different uh, designs, but I just left it pretty steady. And then I got a screen share where I could share my screen if I wanted to. Plus, wow. over on the right-hand side, I've got all the Facebook comments. So I've been uh, monitoring that. So, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, there's a cool on the video. Yeah, hopefully it recorded nice. And I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. That was tuning in uh, live tonight. Absolutely. I think this will live on our Facebook page, too. So you can watch it tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. I don't know what this next week's hold for the world is, Josh. I'm tired. I can't even predict the world anymore. It's the Mets and the Yankees. So who knows? <laughs> who, who who the freak knows? All yeah. right. But I'm, I'm excited to watch. I'm hooked. Like, I am super into the world season. I'm all Holy. in. Let's go. It's 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 a it's been a fun year for the Orioles this year. Right, right. No, Sunday we have the Orioles at one and the Ravens at one. 
and they both are team games to watch right now. That's yeah. Exciting. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, guys, make sure you uh, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, tell us why you love us. Go to Twitter and follow us. Go to Facebook and follow us. You can follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Section 336 Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. And don't forget our Patreon as well, $3.36. There you go. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. And go Ravens. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.